At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is good news. Wheat prices are going through the roof. A nine-year high just yesterday. Uh, Russia is the third largest producer of grain. Behind, quick, grain. Who's a big grain producer? Um, Fed the world. United States of America. No, China. Fed the the United States No, then India. I mean, what happened to us? What happened to us? Um, we are killing our farmers now financially. Wheat prices are going through a, a, a nine-year high, and they say one of the traders um, up in uh, Chicago, and I don't mean like trading, I mean like one of the stock market. Anyway, um, said we don't know how high this is going to go, but it's going to cause a lot of problems if this conflict continues. Well, let's you know what? Let's just try what we're doing for a month and then check back in and see how our wheat prices are doing. Oh, and have you bought a gallon of gas already? Gas prices are going through the roof again. We discuss that in 60 seconds. Hello, it's me Vladimir and the the Glenn Beck. Have you heard of this guy? He's a pebble in my shoe. A real pain in the backside. You know what I'm saying? Been trying to get rid of him for a long time now. I put poison in his salad. No good. He doesn't touch salads. <laughs> I put a poison apple. Put it on his desk. Does he even look at apple? Yet. Nothing. I put live grenade in his workout clothes. No dice. <laughs> I mean, it's harder to kill than moose and squirrel. <laughs> Thank goodness Putin doesn't know my secret to... To uh, health. Uh, it's none of those things. It's a built bar. Now I know. It's delicious and yet somehow good for you at the same time. Uh, have you tried their puffs yet? If you haven't, you are missing out. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. I need to keep a box of them here because every time I talk about them, I'm like, oh man, you, I like banana and chocolate. Uh, the banana and chocolate puff is unbelievable. 
unbelievable. Come in a whole bunch of great flavors. Uh, and just like Bill Bart, they are low calorie and high in protein. Go to Built.com. Scroll through the uh, chart. You're going to be amazed at what they have and how good they are and how good for you they are. Built.com. Go there now. Use Big 15. I despise that guy. Get 15% off order. Promo code BEC15, built.com. All righty then. We want to uh, bring in Daniel Turner. He is the founder and executive director of Power the Future. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about the things that maybe we should be doing right now. Daniel, welcome to the program. Oh, it's great to be on with you, Glenn. Thanks for having me. Uh, you're, you're welcome. Uh, I don't know if you saw uh, Mark Andreessen's tweet yesterday. But he said we should be building a thousand uh, nuclear plants all around the world starting today. We're not going to do it, but there's a lot of logical things that we should be doing today. One of them is get off our dependence of Russian oil. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of the problems that we're experiencing right now. Um, have begun 14 months ago with the Biden administration. And, and I'm not pinning the, 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 the Ukraine invasion on him, but I am saying we've been tinkering. This administration has been really punishing the, the America's energy industry, specifically the fossil fuel industry, for months and months. And when oil hit $70 a barrel and $80 a barrel, the White House was silent. Well, now it's at 100 and Joe Biden saying he wants to do something. So it's a little bit too late. Uh, you know, energy is one of those issues that people don't want to pay attention to until it starts to uh, they feel a pinch at the purse. Right. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, we, we need serious energy policy and not Greta Thunberg, not John Kerry. Right. We need serious energy policy because it is national security as well. I, I just I keep hearing him say we're going to tap into the uh, strategic oil reserve. Hang on just a second. We in on one hand, people are talking about World War three and the biggest conflict possibly since World War two oil was kind of important. That's why we have the strategic oil reserve. And so we're he's telling the West we should release more from our strategic oil reserve while we're facing this. No, open a frickin' pipeline. Yeah. Oil is so important to the world economy that even this administration has not sanctioned Russian oil. Uh, Germany uh, and Italy today bought more natural gas than they did yesterday from Russia. In fact, Putin has increased the amount of natural gas exports because he knows he has Europe on on the hook. And, and he's using that to his leverage. And so... Look, uh, you know, we have to stop being Plato. There is this ideal world. We all need to leave up to live up to it, um, and we all need to be better. But the reality is, our economy, our military, the world runs on fossil fuels right now. And whether or not we want to change that is one conversation. But the reality is, punishing fossil fuels now in the hopes of a better tomorrow has made us weak now. And Vladimir Putin is taking advantage of that weakness. This is. Uh, this is exactly what the Great Reset is about. The ESG scores, energy is, is the first uh, is the first thing. And we are we're committing national suicide. And it's not just national. The entire West is committing suicide. And I don't understand Absolutely. it. And is that an is that a 
Is that hyperbole? No, not, no, not whatsoever. And, and look, when this administration began and Joe Biden said, uh, which I believe is a flat-out falsehood, but when he said the generals tell him climate change is our biggest national security threat, I'm sorry, if anyone really said that to you in the military, that person should be, should be fired today. Yeah. And any politician, Republican or Democrat, this is not a partisan issue, many Republicans went to the Glasgow Climate Summit to learn how to tackle climate change. We can have a conversation about the environment, but if you genuinely believe in your heart of hearts looking at the global stage that climate change is the biggest threat, then you do not deserve elected office. You are a danger because Russia is a threat. China is a threat. Iran is a threat. North Korea. And, and these rogue regimes, unfortunately, as the prices of oil have gone through the roof, have become richer. And what does Iran do when they have more money? They launch attacks on Israel, and, and they launch attacks on the UAE, and they fund their nuclear bombs program. And what does Russia do when they have more money? They build their army, right? So, again, it's, it's this, I, this fight against reality that you can have a conversation about the environment, but there are real threats, and we need to put on our big boy pants and face the real world we live in. Even if you, if you believed that... Um climate change was the was the existential threat and the largest threat against uh, all of humanity. If you really, truly believed that um, and you make the moves to stop American oil and everything else. Does that explain why we are um, not sanctioning the Russian oil we're increasing our imports of Russian oil, and we yeah. seem to be making it easy for Iran to flood the market with their oil. I, I don't understand this. Why wouldn't you go to America and just say, hey, it's temporary, but we're going to we need you right now to relieve the pressure. I, I don't understand yeah. it. Uh, you, you know, for the first time in, in nearly 40 years, uh, America has been purchasing Iranian oil um, very quietly. The administration clearly did not put out a press release. But you say, why is America buying any oil from from Russia? Uh, wait, from wait, Iran? Wait, 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 wait. When did that happen? I've not heard uh, that. Started in April, started in April of this year. And we've we've purchased about a million barrels of oil from Iran. Now, there's going to be an argument and they're going to say I'm playing fast and loose with the nuance because we purchase a lot of oil from the world and we refine it, particularly in the Gulf. Right. We have the world's largest refining capabilities. Also something China's trying to compete with us on. But that's another conversation. But we are the world's largest refiner. So this crude that comes out of the ground has to get refined. So. We buy Russian, we buy uh, Venezuelan, but we don't need to buy any oil if we produced enough ourselves. And we're not. We're producing two million barrels fewer than we did just a few months ago before Biden became president. And the reason why we're producing so much fewer oil is because this administration has made it impossible to produce. They've punished. The, you mentioned the ESG movement. Where every agency is looking at climate change when it comes to permitting, land access. Uh, um, permits in the Gulf of Mexico on federal land, fracking moratoriums, pipeline construction. So all these cumulative actions have made production of oil domestically hard. Of course, we have to get it from somewhere else. 
So why not Russia? Why not Iran? Why not Venezuela? Why not put a bullet to our head? Because that's what we're doing by enriching our enemies. Let me ask you, um, when Obama said that he was going to stop the drilling, uh, I think it was in the Gulf, um, the deep sea drilling, uh, the concern was that if you stop that, you're not getting a, a lease on those deep sea drills for another 20 years. They're not coming back and you just don't make them overnight. With no. the damage that has been done just to the economy uh, and to the oil and gas industry, are we doing permanent damage or are these things just going into mothballs and we can turn this around quickly? We can turn it around, but I don't think quickly. Uh, this is a very capital and labor intensive industry. And even if all of the permitting is, is in place and the government is a friend of the industry, which we want, like we saw under President Trump, it really took till the end of 2018, the beginning of 19, for the industry to produce as much as it was. And so it did take it two solid years of, of uh, believing that the government wasn't going to punish you. Uh, you know, you look at something like Keystone. That was 10 years and a and billion dollars in the making. And then the rug was pulled out from under it and all that money is lost. So who's going to invest in the oil and gas industry right now if you think the government can shut it down? And that's one of my pet peeves, Glenn. And you can hear my voice getting angry. Oh, I know. <laughs> Jen Psaki will say, well, you know, oil at $90 a barrel, you would think these rich fat cats would invest. It's not that they don't want to invest. It's that they know it's a risky investment because government is going to punish you. Deb Holland, the interior secretary, is going to punish you. The EPA administrator, Biden is talking about Fed nominees who look at banking issues through the lens of climate change. So if you need a $50 million loan from the bank to finance this yeah, industry, no, because the bank's not going to lend it to you because the Federal Reserve is going to raise your base points and penalize you. So Again, the, the, this administration is punishing the industry from every angle, and then they have the gall to say, well, they better not raise prices to, uh, to, to take advantage of this. Like, it's our fault. When Elizabeth Warren blamed big meat, remember that one? Yeah. She got all the meat industries together. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's offensive. I, uh, I, I, I will tell you, I, I, I don't understand what's happening to us. Um, unless the president and this administration and those on the left have an agenda that is clearly not in step with the traditional American. Um, no. They no. I mean, this is this is self-inflicted wounds and they're soon going to be mortal. Um, what do you what are you thinking? What are you thinking about uh, the gas and oil prices and uh, and what's coming with this? this war in in Ukraine. Yeah, I, it's down a little bit today, which is good news. But I think overall, if, if this continues, and I don't think Putin is going to uh, stop until he has everything he wants in the Ukraine, and maybe even more, you could easily see gas at $150 a barrel like it was in 2008. Um, I mean, 125 by the end of March is, is very feasible. And that means 6 and $7 a gallon of gas but, you know, you know, your audience knows there are millions, literally millions of products that are made from from fossil fuels. And so when the price of fertilizer goes up, when the price yep. of pesticides go up, 
everything gets goes up in price. And so when you go to the store and you buy your chopped meat and it's expensive, it's the cow, the cow's diet, the transportation, the butcher, the slaughterhouse, the packaging, the plastic, all of that stuff gets added onto your cost. You're ultimately the one going to suffer. And that's the frustration. This administration, before Putin even launched his first incursion, this administration was willing to let the American people suffer because they are so eager for this green revolution, these renewables, that they had to punish fossil fuels. They wanted fossil fuels to be the bad guy so that maybe you would go to the government and say, please, Mr. Biden, please give us a green new deal. Please give us a build back better. We can't afford this anymore. And and that's that's the really sad thing. They were willing to punish the American people for their agenda. And and that's not just un-American, unpatriotic. Quite frankly, it's immoral and it's evil. Yeah, I agree with you. Daniel, thank you so much. Uh, the founder and executive director of Power of the Future, uh, Daniel Turner. God bless. We'll talk to you, you again. You bet. Um, let me tell you about American Financing. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. So American financing right now, home values are up 17 percent and it could be even higher um, in high cost areas. Now, we're also seeing mortgages start to slow down because the price of houses are is so high, but also because it is becoming more and more expensive to buy a house just because of the interest rate, the interest rate on things alone are going to be real problems. And I think a carve out on interest rates where interest rates uh, go up without the Fed, the the banks and the uh, there's a carve out for people like you. I could be wrong on this, but the government's not going to have a high interest rate. They can't afford one. So what are they going to do? Stop inflation? Well, they either have to control how you spend, modern monetary theory, or they have to find a way to get that money out of your hands. Interest rates are going up even without the Fed raising them on the banks. If you look at your credit card, how are you going to pay that off? Please, right now, consider uh, a refi of your home, your mortgage, Look at a consolidation loan. Get out of those high interest credit cards now. You can skip up to two mortgage payments and close in as little as 10 days. Call American Financing now at 800-906-2440. It's 1-800-906-2440 or go to AmericanFinancing.net. 10 seconds, station ID. I heard a general yesterday actually say, you know, when Putin said we're going to face if if America interferes, we're going to face consequences we've never faced before in history. And I heard a general come on television and say, I think he means a nuclear strike. Excuse me. Excuse me. Really? That's what you think that might be? Uh, gosh, I hope nobody's listening to that general. Um, it, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure what he was talking about was not a nuclear strike, but instead uh, an attack 
on our systems, an attack on our power grid, a cyber attack on our banking system, uh, on our oil delivery system. I mean, there is there right now. Cyber is at a place to where it is as devastating as any nuclear attack, and it can be fingerprintless. Uh, we may not know for a while who did this to us. Um, Chris Stewart is going to come on uh, with us here in, in just a minute. He's going to talk about cyber warfare and if we are prepared for it. I've been reading his new book, and I got to tell you, we are facing things that we have to talk about. We have to talk about. Cyber warfare is one of them. Hardening our, our systems has got to be one of those things. Because this is the new war. And I, I have to tell you, um, we usually don't learn our lesson until millions die. There's a new technology, a new way to kill people or win a war. That's gas. All right. World War One. We all said, OK, let's not do gas attacks anymore. World War Two nukes. OK, let's not do nukes anymore. Now, is it cyber? And is Russia prepared to launch that? Is it mutually assured destruction? Well, is it? They're not as dependent as we are. I mean, Moscow, yes, but you think rural Russia is all hooked up as much as we are to the Internet? Chris Stewart's going to talk about that, that threat, and what are we doing to be able to uh, survive that, to make sure it doesn't happen. Um, Does he have a plan to stop the frozen tundra from melting in northern Russia? No, John Kerry, he doesn't. He doesn't. What, uh, what, 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 of what value is he then? I, I don't know. We just had to fill some time. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's coming up next. Fascinating conversation. In just a second. Stand by. The Glenn Beck Program. Brenda wrote in about her experience with Relief Factor. She says, I have a lot of knee and, and neck pain. Relief Factor has helped so much by dialing that pain back for me. Now my husband and I can take walks every day and I can sleep through the night. Thank you, Relief Factor. Brenda, it is fantastic to hear that you're getting your life back. Um, it is. I know what it's like to have pain and just think this is the way the rest of my life is going to be. It doesn't have to be that way. If, it, if Relief Factor works for you, and it's usually taken by people who have tried absolutely everything. I had given up on trying anything new. I'd been to the Mayo Clinic. I'd been everywhere. And nothing would stop this. Relief Factor was created by doctors to help your body reduce inflammation. I thought to myself, this is not going to work. I tried the three-week quick start. I still take it every day, three times a day. I've been taking it now for about four years. 1995, get out of pain. Try it, relieffactor.com. It's relieffactor.com or call 1-800-4-RELIEF. Relieffactor.com. Feel the difference. Glenn Beck's new book, The Great Reset, is available now. Get the first chapter free at glensnewbook.com.
Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Tonight I'm going to be at CPAC. I am uh, speaking at the Reagan uh, dinner. Uh, if I can get there, the Dallas has been packed with an ice storm and uh, and all the planes are being delayed. It, it appears. Oh no, they're actually doing something really special. I like this when planes do this. When air when uh, when airports do this, they put you on a plane and then they close the door and then they roll away from the gate so they can say it was an on time departure. And then you sit there for a few hours. Love that. That's awesome. I love that. I'm glad their stats Thank are padded, you. though. Yeah, that's great. Um, I want to bring in uh, Chris Stewart. He is uh, the congressman uh, from uh, Utah. He is the author of The Final Fight for Freedom. And uh, Chris, as I have told you, uh, I did you a great disservice by having you on without reading your book. And I t- told you at the time I hadn't yet. Um, I have read it and it is powerful. I mean, there is there are things in there that just scare the hell out of me, quite honestly. Uh, and one of them is cyber warfare. Are we prepared for cyber warfare? No, Glenn, we're not. Not at all. I mean, and it's nearly impossible to prepare for it. Um, and by the way, thanks again for having me on. And uh, and I do hope you get out CPAC because they, they, need, they need you out there. They need to hear your voice yeah, out there. Well. Thank you. But, but you know, one of the one of the real real concerns that we have, obviously, with the with the situation unfolding in Ukraine. Uh, and by the way, we haven't reached a point where we're we're expecting global war. I don't I don't anticipate that at all. But Russia has we're we're literally staring down the barrel of a loaded gun when it comes to Russia and their ability with cyber warfare, their ability to attack our economy and our society with cyber tools and there's very very little we can do to stop them the only reason they don't exercise that power is because they're afraid of what we do in retaliation but you know it's interesting yesterday when vladimir putin had made this comment about well you know if you push us too hard you know we will punish you in ways that you've never seen before many people uh you know interpreted that to be well does he is he talking about nuclear weapons no i don't think he's talking about that at all no he's talking about his tools and the capability he has with cyber warfare and, and cyber attacks against the u.s he already said like four years ago that the next world war will all be fought with ones and zeros i mean he knows how to cripple america do are we in a mutually assured destruction that if they start we can hammer them back quickly? Uh, yes and no. I mean, we certainly have offensive weapons, um, and we would exercise those weapons. But there's a couple things that make this very complicated. For one thing, there really is plausible deniability. Uh, and that is, you know, we can't know for certain what the source of the attacks are. And we could assume they would come from Russia at this point, and, they, and we probably would. But, uh, you know, we don't know that for sure, including not, not only nation states, but there could be some terrorist organizations and, and some global, uh, global criminal organizations that could initiate attack against us right now that, you know, we would think, oh, this is Russian. It turned out to be someone else. The second thing is the defense against these things is nearly impossible. It's like we have to be correct 100 percent of the time when we're being attacked millions of times every every hour. And all they have to do is to be able to penetrate once, and then it, they, they have the outcome they're looking for. It makes it very, very difficult. Chris, is it true that there is a, a multi-story building in, I think it's in Beijing, uh, 
that the entire purpose of this large company, if you could call it, is just to hack our systems. Oh, yeah. And there's and there's more than one of them. There is the equivalent of entire cities that are committed to that purpose. And they've been able to use organizations and governments outside of Beijing to do it. Um, I mean, uh, many of the attacks that come to us are actually coming out of North Korea with the assistance of China. Uh, and, and some of them are obviously under, the, under the, pre, the, the concept of being not government organizations, right. but private organizations. Some of them associated with Western organizations, by the way. What does it mean, a cyber attack from Russia or China? What would that, how would that manifest itself? What would that mean to the average person? Oh my gosh! I mean, it, it depends on the on the on the scope and the scale of it. I mean, I, I think they can. Everyone knows they can go after everything. They can go after our financial system. They can go after air, air traffic control, for example, as you were talking about flying this evening. Our water, our pipelines. They've demonstrated uh, our pipelines against uh, capabilities against Colonial Pipeline about a year ago. And the only reason they did that was to you know kind of remind us. Communications, which, of course, is critical to our society. But the big one, Glenn, the holy grail of these is to go after our electrical grid. And everyone recognizes that our electrical grid is not protected. We could protect it more, but there's, there's no way to protect it completely. And when I say our electrical grid, I don't mean, you know, they would take out Dallas or they would take out part of Virginia. I'm telling you they could take out the entire national grid. And they could take it out not for a few days. It could be months, maybe longer, before we're able to recover from that. How? And it, it, how, how does that happen? How, what are the, I mean, like, I understand an EMP fries all the circuits. How, how, how do they take it out and turn us off for that long? Well, think about this. You know, one of the, one of the great examples of the power of, uh, of a cyber attack is sex tanks, which took place about 15 years ago. And, right. you know, this is brilliantly conceived, but, uh, but they, we found a way. And by the way, a really interesting thing about that virus was it was promiscuous. We had to put, uh, put it globally before we could get it into the machines we actually needed in the Iranian uh, centrifuges. And uh, there's estimates that about 10% of the world's computers were infected by that. But that didn't matter because it was designed to go after only specific machines. But it spun them up and then it slowed them down and spun them up. And these centrifuges essentially destroyed themselves. Well, imagine a virus such as that that goes spreads throughout the United States electrical grid that's destroying pieces of equipment, computers, transmission lines, generators, transformers, all across our, our, global, uh, our global system. And if you kind of interpret what we did there and project that into a global electric or a national electrical grid, you can see how they could take out big pieces of equipment and little pieces of equipment. And some of that stuff's nearly impossible to get now. A lot of it comes from China, by the way. And even in the best of times, it's a year to an 18-month wait list for some of these generators. Jeez. Um, we're talking to Chris Stewart, the author of The Final Fight for Freedom, How to Save Our Country from Chaos and War. It is a fascinating book. If you want to see what we're really facing, because of new technology and, and where we have... <laughs> You know, the stupid mistakes that we have made by not paying attention to things um, in the book. You talk a little bit about uh, CRISPR and China before we get there. I don't know if you saw the news today, but 
every time we briefed China, we showed them all of the intel that we had on Russia and how they were positioning troops. China then, we found out today, took that intel and delivered it right to Putin. How stupid are we? You know, uh, Glenn, I use a phrase in this book, and it really comes from Abraham Lincoln. He's the one who observed, and Ronald Reagan and others did, that they said, no nation will ever destroy this this country. The only, we, only way we see our demise is if we commit national suicide. And I, I use that phrase in the book because that's exactly what we're doing. We don't have to go down this path. We don't have to do these types of things. And what you just described is a simple, but it's a small example of us doing that. When you said, how stupid? Yeah, of course. How stupid? But we do those types of things all the time. And it's, it's it, as you and I have discussed in the past, you look at yourself or other people and go, what in the world are you thinking? Do you not know what the outcome of this is going to be? And what motivates you? Is it simply yeah. that you're not bright, bright enough to understand this? Or do you actually want to harm uh, you know, a Western democracy and freedom and specifically the United States. And I've concluded there are people who that's actually their motive. And you know, some of them I in know. the public realm, we know some of them in politics. I, I mean, that's, that's clear what's happening when, when this administration is upping our orders for oil from Russia, um, Russia is delivering more gas and, and oil than it did yesterday to Europe. Uh, and we are, we're buying oil from Iran. Now, the United States buying oil from Iran, this is, this is suicide. Why would we do that? You, I really, truly believe the only way to explain it is this administration does not have an American agenda. Well, I mean, look what the president did. The very first day in office, he, he kills the Keystone Pipeline. But more than that, as you've made so clear, Glenn, and over and over again, it's the de- demonization of oil and gas companies. It's the, it's the definancing of them, making it impossible for them to work in the banking system. That's the most important thing he's done. But in addition, he shuts down oil and gas exploration in the West. He does the same thing up in Alaska. And six months later, he has to go to OPEC and beg them to increase production. And about the same time, we start in, uh, increasing our imports from Russia. For heaven's sakes, we are financing the invasion into the Ukraine with U.S. dollars with the oil we're now buying from Russia. So what? And look at that and ask your... Go ahead. How does that make sense? I just say, how does that make sense? How... How does anyone in Washington was this whole thing about, oh, we're going to hit him with sanctions that are so hard, it'll be blinding when you are when you as a country are upping your order for Russian oil and you're not cutting them off anywhere. How what was this all about, Chris? What is well? Well, I think maybe, look, I wish I had the answer to that. I I will say this. If you want to hurt Vladimir Putin, then drive down the cost of oil. Yes. If you want to help Vladimir Putin, then drive up the cost of oil. And then look what we've done over the last year. And and by the way, look at the sanctions they've, they've imposed now. They exempt oil and gas. They don't just touch him in the one thing. It's the one thing that he needs to continue to finance, not only this invasion, but his entire power base in Russia. He needs that international currency. It's by, by far away the largest thing, uh, source of foreign currency that they have. 
and leave them in SWIFT. Allow them to continue with financial transactions, international financial transactions. Look, some of these sanctions are going to hurt some people in Russia, but it's not going to do anything to actually forget about deterrence. We're past deterrence now. It's not going to do anything to significantly punish them. So, all right. So I've only got a minute left, Chris. Let me ask you, do we look like a laughing stock or is the rest of Europe in on this too? And the American people are just... Are, are are the laughing stock that the that we actually believe that any of these guys are serious about anything well and that's that's something i ask myself all the time are we a serious country anymore i think i can answer that best through describing a couple conversations after the debacle in afghanistan i talk with a friend of mine he's a member of the ukrainian parliament i'm praying for him and his family's safety right now because they're going to be targeted Right after Afghanistan, he called me and said, hey, look, we don't know if we can trust you guys anymore. Hmm. Had a similar conversation with leader in Jordan and a very similar conversation with some leadership in Asia. That's the central question. Does anyone trust us anymore? And, uh, and after watching what happened here, I think it builds on the, another brick in that wall of saying the United States is not a global leader. They're not a serious nation. Look what they're doing to themselves, which is what Vladimir Putin is saying, by the way. He's pointing to the United States in all sorts of ways, culturally, economically, militarily, and saying, look at them. Are they a serious country? Do you want to be like them or do you want to have a serious leader, someone like me? Chris Stewart, thank, thank you very much. Thanks for all that you do, and uh, thanks for the book. Uh, the author of The Final Fight for Freedom. It is a tremendous book full of facts that I didn't, I really didn't know and understand it. Really written very well for everyone can understand it. It's uh, Chris Stewart, The Final Fight for Freedom, available everywhere right now. Our sponsor is real estate agents i trust finding the right real estate agent when you're looking to buy or sell a home is incredibly important a mediocre real estate agent dime a dozen um but the difference when you can get somebody who really knows what they're doing they know the best practices they have a website that is trafficked by a lot of people who are qualified to buy homes it's really about getting your home in front of the right people as fast as possible and then making sure that your house is in order. And, you know, it's hard when you're selling a house. You know, do you have a real estate agent that has a Rolodex, if you will, that can find the person that can fix this, can paint this, can get things done quickly? It's realestateagentsitrust.com. It's a free service to you. We have searched the country for the people we think are the best in your area. If we don't have one, we won't recommend them. And I urge you, as always, do your own homework. But have a leg up on this. Find the right real estate agent for you. Whether you're moving across the street or across the country, buying or selling, or both. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. The Glenn Back Program. I just, I have to play this really sad, sad uh, piece of audio. Can we play the full piece of audio from uh, The View yesterday? 
estimates are 50,000 Ukrainians mm -hmm. will be dead or wounded, yeah. and that this is going to start a humanitarian crisis, a refugee crisis in Europe. We're talking yeah. about five million people yeah. that, that are going to be displaced. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, wow. it, it's, it's heartbreaking to hear what is Nothing going to worse. happen. Yeah. Well, I'm scared of what's going to happen in, in Western Europe, too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. You know, you just you plan a trip. You want to go there. I oh. want to go to Italy for four years. I haven't been able to make it because of of uh, the pandemic. Oh and now gosh. this, you know, it's, yeah. it's like who's going to what's going to happen there? This. Yeah. yeah. And now this. She has had to wait for four years. She's had a trip plan. First COVID where millions die <laughs> stopped her from going. Mm -hmm. And now five million people displaced. Insult to injury. I the mean, injury, of course, being should. her lack of trip. Yeah. And then the insult on top of that already horrible thing is that whatever, millions of people died. I mean, she should really... There's got to be someone for people like her yeah, that they, they could sue. You know what I mean? She's got to be able to sue somebody or just stop the killing for a while so she can see, you know, Rome. This is the Glenn Beck.